0: This is the Moira Pentecostal Church Podcast, providing you with sound biblical teaching. We hope you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed by this ministry. Jeremiah chapter 29. (laughs) Jeremiah chapter 29. Anybody know what verse? (laughs) Verse 11. Verse 11 correct well known verse isn't it for i know the thoughts that i think toward you says the lord thoughts of peace not of evil to give you hope and a future thoughts of peace not of evil to give you hope and a future just about everyone is interested in their future what will it hold how will it all pan out? Will I meet someone? Will I marry? Will I have children? Will my career take an upturn? Will my health hold? Will my business succeed? Will my ministry prosper? There's just so many unknown factors, so many life's twists and turns, changes, challenges, challenges, new horizons, fresh opportunities, mountains that we'll have to climb, perhaps even valleys that we'll have to go through. Whenever you're young, uh, you probably don't think far into the future. When you're young, you tend to think of next week or next month or next day. But whenever you get older, not only do you think into the future regarding this life, but if you're a believer, you begin to think about eternal things because the clock's ticking and we're running out of coins to put into the meter and uh, so you begin to think a little bit longer than just this life I think it's a wise God that withholds most of our future from us we couldn't handle it so that means that we have to trust him daily, give us this day our daily bread, Jesus said sufficient unto this day is the evil thereof. In other words, there's enough stuff to deal with today than we're in about tomorrow, Jesus said. However, as a Christian, we have a distinct advantage. We may not know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. I know it's a cliche, but it's true. We may not know what the future holds, and in that respect, we're no different than anybody else. We're no different than the man in the street. He doesn't know. We don't know. But... The difference for us is we know who holds the future. And that makes all the difference in the world. Life for us is not a mystery tour. It's not groping in the dark. It's not aimless or drifting. We have direction. We have a purpose in life. We're not depending on luck or happenstance. God is in control of our lives. His will is being accomplished in us. Even though there's times we don't feel that, there's times we don't see that, There's times we think the opposite. But if we're a believer and we trust God, then we are in safe hands today. Now here are just a few things, and we'll be brief tonight. A few things that we can be absolutely sure about tonight if you are a believer in Christ. Look as far as you can possibly look into the future. Look beyond even time and look right into the future with God into eternity. And as far as you can see, it's going to become brighter and better and more glorious the further you go on and the further you can see. God is always planning for us way, way ahead of where we are right now. And so we need to trust and believe And that doesn't mean there won't be days of pain or there won't be days of rain or there won't be setbacks and changes and challenges and twists and turns. But in spite of all of that, know this, that God has a future for us and it's bright and it's glorious and it's good. Glory to God. Some old dear saint says that your future is as bright as the promises of God. Hudson Taylor, the great old missionary to China, he served there for many, many years, and his ministry that he started is still going on to this very day. One time he was having real difficulties financially in the mission. The money just was not coming in. In fact, he was right down to almost zero. And he wrote a letter to his wife, and he says, I have 25 cents and all the promises of God. <laughs> and as long as he had the promises of God, uh, then he made it through. And they did a fantastic work, and God blessed. Psalm 37, 23, the steps of a good man or a good woman are ordered by the Lord. You've got to believe that. Because there's going to be times when you'll not see what's ahead. Times you'll not know what's coming next. And you've got to believe, God, you are ordering my steps. And as long as you're ordering them, all I have to do is be obedient and just keep on walking. I've told you many times in the beautiful story of Ruth, whenever Ruth was gleaning corn as a poor person, up those drills that uh, Boaz, who owned the field, he said to, to his servants, he says, put handfuls of purpose. Don't, don't let her just pick up the bits of corn that has fallen to the ground, which is the purpose of it. He says, deliberately put handfuls of purpose along her path so that her lap was full at the end of the day. She didn't know till she came upon them that there was a great big pile of corn that Boaz had put there. And it's the same with us and God. God has got handfuls of purpose all along the pathway of our life. All we have to do is keep on walking, keep on being obedient, keep on going straight on with God. And as we do that, we will run into those handfuls of purpose. We don't know where they are. We don't know how long it's to the next one, but they're there for us. God has got that plan for our lives. I thank God in my life over the years there's been handfuls of purpose. I didn't know where it was going to come from. I didn't know where I was going to get it, but I got it. And I came to it because I just kept on keeping on. Zephaniah three seventeen. The Lord your God in your midst, the mighty one will save. He will quiet you with his love. Isn't that a beautiful term? He will quiet you. He will comfort you. He will make you at ease in his love. He will calm you. And boy, we need that. Don't we at times. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. And so... Your future is safe in God's hands tonight. Now, your future, to some degree, is bound up in your past. Let let me explain. If you sow a seed today, that's for your future tomorrow. Whatever seeds you sow today will come to fruition tomorrow. That's for your future. And, in other words, our our choices and decisions that we make today will, to some degree or other, affect our future tomorrow. Now, that's not saying we're captain of our own souls, or it's not fatalism, because we know God has got great plans for us, and he works out his plans. He's a sovereign God. But nonetheless... He lets us make decisions. He lets us make choices. And those choices and decisions we make today will affect our future tomorrow. It will. And it has and it does. That's the same for everybody. It's a principle that's in life. And so even though we trust God and we believe God and we know he's got plans and we know he's got a future, but he still gives us some latitude to make good choices and good decisions. And if we do that it certainly will have some effect later on in our lives. Sometimes, you know, we, we make choices and decisions. Uh, sometimes we don't think much about it. We just say, well, I need to do this or I need to do that. And then you find out later, that was the smartest thing you ever done because of what it led to. Sometimes you think it was the stupidest thing I've ever done too. It depends what it is. But if you do the right thing at the right time in the right way, it's amazing the effect that can have. Uh, on your life. In Luke chapter 12 Jesus spoke this parable in verse 16 He spoke a parable to them saying the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself what shall I do? Notice the many eyes here. What shall I do? I have room I have no room to store my crops. So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there I will store all my crops and my goods, and I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. There's six eyes and four my's there. So here's a man going along in life, only thinking of himself, planning his future for himself, for no one else, certainly not anything to do with God or the things of God. But he didn't realize that the decisions and choices he was making was going to greatly backfire on him someday. In fact, it came quicker than he thought. And God says, no, you're a fool. And this night, your soul will be required of you. And so we need to be careful of the decisions that we make and the choices we make to make sure that we pray and say, God, I'm doing this for your glory. Galatians 6, 7 to 8, Paul says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he also shall reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And so there's two ways to sow, isn't it? We can sow to the flesh, we can sow selfishly for ourselves, just like that man did. We can do that, or we can sow to the Spirit. What does it mean to sow to the Spirit? So to the Spirit means that you do the things that are right in Christ. You pray, you worship, you read the Word of God, you come to the house of God, you be instructed, you learn, you're taught. You go out and you do the stuff that God wants you to do. All of that sowing to the Spirit when you do that. And if you do that, you reap life everlasting. But if you don't do that and you do the other things, if you sow to the flesh, then you'll just reap off the flesh. But Paul then goes on to say, But let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. See, sometimes after you've done everything you know to do that's right, and after you've sown in all the right ways and all the right places and done all the right things, it seems like you're getting nothing in return. It seems like that. And that's when life and that's when the enemy of your soul mocks you and says look you're living your best for God you know how but look at the mess that's happened look what's happened to you you've lived for God and look what you've got in return all this trouble all these problems Paul says don't be deceived don't let that deceive you God is not mocked whatever you sow you will reap and you will reap in due season if you do not lose heart do not lose heart in following Christ and following the things of God so many People started out as believers and ended up in the backwaters. They're cold in heart. They've drifted. They've gone off the boil. They're away from the things and the people of God. They're backslidden in effect. Why? They lost heart somewhere along the way. But Paul says, don't grow weary in doing well. Even when it looks like you're getting no return, keep on keeping on, keep on doing what you know to do. Because for sure, he says, you will reap no question about it you will reap if you do not lose heart old abraham lincoln said the good thing about your future is that it comes one day at a time i think that's enough for us to handle give us this day our daily bread there's no saying that if you take care of the pennies the pounds will look after themselves and so each day we take care of the pennies. Each day we know to do what we do, what we know to do. We do the simple things. We do the right things. We do the right time in the right way. We do all of that that we know to do. We keep doing that. And as we keep doing the, the pennies, we look after the pennies, the pounds will look after themselves. At the end of your day, your life will grow and you will prosper in Christ and you will be blessed indeed. In Luke 19, tells us, Another story Jesus said about a very wealthy man, a Lord who was going off on kingdom business. And he took 10 of his servants and he gave them a mina each, a portion of money. He said, occupy till I come. And so after a while, he came back again. And he says, right, what have you done with my mina? And one says, well, Lord, I went out and here's 10. I've got 10 for you. Well done. Well done next one well here's five I've got well done and then one says well I thought you were a hard man so I wrapped it up and put it in a napkin and buried it he says you're a wicked servant he says at least you should have given it to the bank and got some interest on it I wouldn't get much interest in the bank today by the way sure you wouldn't <laughs> uh, not much interest going around these days in other words you should have done something with it Occupy till I come. Try to make some part of every day count for God. I know there's going to be off days. I know there's going to be slack days. I know there's going to be times when you feel you haven't accomplished anything. But as best you can, try to make something of every day. so it in God's kingdom. Should that be your prayer time? Should that be your Bible reading time? Should that be your time in work? Maybe your witness or your life before? Just say, Lord, today... Help me to do something in the light of eternity. Something for your kingdom today. Let me occupy this day until you come. And if we try to do that the best we can every single day, then there's no question we'll be blessed. Jesus said in John 9, 4, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no man can work. This is our day, this is our generation, this is our time, and one day it will run out. That's just the brutal fact of it. So while we are alive, and while we trusting the Lord, and while we're following the Lord, let's do something for God's kingdom. Mark's gospel uh, has been entitled The Tireless Servant. Jesus was always going somewhere or just coming back from somewhere. Mark's gospel is just packed full of the works of Christ. You know, in three years, he had a lot to accomplish. But he did it. And even though he was very cool, calm, and collected, even though you never seen him seem to be in a rush or a hurry, but he accomplished much within those three years. In fact, the, the key words in Mark are straightway and immediately And forthwith, 41 times it says those words, straightway, immediately, forthwith, he was the tireless servant. And surely, some part of our week or our day, surely we can give that to the kingdom. And so, your future is to some degree bound up with your past. What are you sowing? How much are you sowing? When are you sowing? because that's what you're going to reap in the future once you sow it today, tomorrow that's in your past but it's building up for your future you have to believe that God will cause that to prosper and to be blessed and although this may seem academic but the third thing is you do have a future not everybody believes that there are multitudes of people who can see no future whatsoever for their life. Multitudes. The suicide rate in Northern Ireland is frightening. Frightening. Self-harming in Northern Ireland, which we are a post-conflict society, we're called. Self-harming in Northern Ireland is the highest rate in all of the UK. Depression in Northern Ireland is the highest rate in all of the UK. Mental illness is 25 to 30% higher than the rest of the UK. Antidepressant drugs on prescription is the highest in all of the UK. Suicide rate is the highest in all of the United Kingdom, by far. So not everybody is looking to a good future. Not everybody can see a future. Many are living in fear of their future. Many are struggling even to think about tomorrow, never mind next week or next month or next year. Between 2000 and 2017, almost 4,500 people committed suicide in Northern Ireland. That's a sizable town, isn't it? That's the population of the whole of Moira. Couldn't see any future. <coughs> the highest rate of suicides in all of the UK is in Northern Ireland and the under 18s is the highest in all of the UK. It's talking to a pastor not so long ago. Uh, West Belfast and East Belfast, sorry, West Belfast and North Belfast is one of the two biggest suicide rates in Northern Ireland. I was talking to a pastor just a couple of weeks ago and he said to me, David, lots of young people get caught up in paramilitaries. And he says it drives them to suicide because they want out and they can't get out. They're not allowed to get out. You're in, you're in. And he says the deeper you get in, the more you get to know. So you can't get out. And he says, many of them, the only way they feel they can get out is to kill themselves. It's a tragedy. I mean, sometimes you get runs of it, don't you? You get maybe three or four or five, just one after the other. It's awful. So they don't see any future. And by the way, it's not just young people. It's all age groups. And it's not just one thing. It's a multitude of various things that can cause it. But whoever's got it at that point... I'm not condemning them, not judging them for this. Anybody, by the way, any believer can, can end up with depression. Not so good believers as being depressed. So I'm not judging anybody on this, but what I'm saying is, for those who commit suicide, there must have come a point in their life when they just not could see a future. They just couldn't see anything in front of them. The best they thought is, I'll just kill myself. It'll be easier for everybody else. I'll just go and everybody else will be happy. Of course, what they leave behind is a lot of guilt, a lot of heartache, a lot of pain for everybody else. But they don't see that at the moment. They don't see a future. But thank God if you are a believer, and even though you may go through a rough time and a difficult time and maybe even a dark place, but thank God you can still look ahead and say, God, regardless of what I'm going through, you have a future for my life. You've already got a plan for me. And Lord, by the by, your grace and, and by my grit, I'm going to keep on keeping on and break through this and go on with you and go on to my future. So many can't see a future. But if you're a believer, believe that you have a future. Some people, though, are just habitually, chronically pessimistic they're just chronically pessimistic they're just continuously negative I mean the glass for them is always half empty every song's in the minor key every color's grey just miserable all the time somebody says a pessimist is one who is seasick during the entire journey of life. George Bernard Shaw says, The optimist invents the aeroplane, the pessimist the parachute. <laughs> Somebody says the difference between an optimist and a pessimist the optimist, optimist sees the donut, the pessimist only sees the hole. <laughs> so if you're a believer tonight, I hope you're not a pessimist you have every reason to be an optimist because God has got a great future for you. And the future for us is not just in this life but also in the next life. But it's not just in the next life it's also in this life. So you've got to understand that. You've got to believe that. Psalm, Psalm sixteen, eleven, 16, says, you will show me the path of life. So that's future in time. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. That's future. Future and eternity. So both in time and eternity, there's a future for us. The psalmist said it, didn't he? Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. So that's our future in time. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's future and eternity, isn't it? Paul puts it this way. The end of his life. 2 Timothy 4, he says, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. So that's his future in time. Then he says, Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. So that's future and eternity. The New Testament writers always, always pointed us to eternity. Always because their life on earth was rough you think of all those apostles and disciples apart from John they all ended up as martyrs dying for Christ and through all kinds of hardships and difficulties to run that race to finish their course but they said they looked to eternity they looked to the crown that was laid up for them so if you're going through a difficult time in life say, Lord, it's not always going to be this way because one day in eternity I'll get the rewards that you have promised me. So while we're talking about our future, let me remind you of the difference between your destiny and God's will for your life. I'm sure I've told you this before, but Roy Leeson, who's a late Roy Leeson, who was a great author, did a lot of devotional things, He made a comment about this that I I found it was helpful and enlightening. So I'll condense it for you. Here's what he said. We think of destiny as something we are to pursue, to reach for, like a goal or a dream or accomplishment. Yet once we find Christ, once we are found in Christ, we have actually found our destiny, for our destiny is Christ. You were born to be born again. That is your destiny. It's not some kind of elusive will-of-the-wisp thing. We think that if I reach my goal, accomplish that task, fulfill that dream, then I will have reached my destiny. But actually, if we are in Christ, we have reached our destiny. So in that sense, destiny is the same for us all. But what is different for each of us is the will of God. He goes on to say, You see, the will of God may be for someone to serve God in a public way, in a highly visible way. But for you it may be to quietly serve him in the background in the shadows. For some it may be to be highly gifted and do amazing exploits. But for you it may be to raise a godly family and run your home well. So for some it's public and visible; for others it's quiet unnoticed behind the scenes. The trouble is, though, he says. If you think your destiny is a great goal, a big accomplishment, a fantastic dream, and the will of God happens to be for you, raising your kids, working behind the scenes, doing the stuff that never gets a mention, then you might up end, You might end up thinking you have missed your destiny and begin to resent the will of God. That's good advice, isn't it? So already in Christ, we have found our destiny. We were born to be born again. And if you're born again, that's your destiny. The will of God, there's a general will of God, which is for every one of us to read the word, to pray, to worship, to come to the house of God. That's general for all of us. But then there's specifically God has things that each of us, he has gifted for, he has given us talents for, to do and to be and to have and to say and to work, whatever that may be. Maybe just a little thing, but it's for us to do. That's his specific will. All believers, I suppose, wrestle with the thought, what is God's plan for my life? I've got my destiny, I'm in Christ, but what is his plan for my life from now on? How can I know it? How can I be sure of it? The psalmist in Psalm 25, 4 and 5 says, Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in truth and teach me. Verse 8 and 9. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. Now, I, I don't worry a lot about the will of God. Maybe I have a simplistic attitude, but my attitude is, Lord, what will I do know? Then I'll do that. that your general will which is the same for every believer I'll do that what specific will I know I'll do that what I don't know I'll trust you to show me I'll trust you to lead me into that and i am going to pull my hair out every night when I go to bed worrying about it I'll trust you to lead me by your spirit into your perfect will for my life because sometimes we get in a twist over this If we're following the Lord and we're doing the best we know to do, then trust Him. If there's something specific He wants us to do, trust Him to show us, lead us into it. Let me give you the example. Lois. I said to Lois, I'm going to use her as an example tonight. She might remember this, she may not, a number of years ago. But as you know, Lois, for quite a number of years, that she did a mission every year to Africa, to different places. And so she would look up different missionary organizations or sometimes there's leaflets at the back there that people had left. And she would look at that and she would look at maybe one in particular and say, do you know, I could do that. I, I think if I went there, that's something I could do. I, I, I've got the ability to do that. And so, Lord, I want to do that. I would love to do that. And I tell you what, I'm going to do that unless you show me otherwise. Unless you show me, no, I don't want you to do that. I'm going to do it. And I'm going to trust that that will be the right thing. And I think that's good advice from us. And if it wasn't what the Lord wanted her to do, he would show her something else. Maybe the desire for that would just leave. It would just go. And you think, you know, I wanted to do that last week and today. He put a gun to my head, I wouldn't want to do it. And sometimes that's how you know the will of God. He leads and he guides different ways. So don't get yourself into a whole twist. Just trust God. Say, God, I'm trusting you. and believing you. The steps of a good man or woman are ordered by the Lord. There's handfuls of purpose along my way. I I just got to keep walking on and walking on with you. And as I do that, then as Romans 12 and 2 says, then I will find the perfect and acceptable will of God for my life. Amen. So you have a future tonight. That's a wonderful future. And yes, there's been bumps in the road and there's been twists and turns and changes and challenges, mountains and valleys. There's been all of that. The graft has gone up and down. It hasn't just rocked it. It's been up and down. But you're on an upward path all the time. You may not feel it, but you are. And you're getting closer and closer and closer to the ultimate destiny in Christ that we have. We're in Christ, but that ultimate place that we're going to in eternity. That's where we're heading take us a while to get there but we will get there if we keep on keeping on with the lord amen Amen. let's pray lord we thank you that you do have a plan for our lives and it's good and it's perfect and it's acceptable and we thank you lord that we embrace that we look for that and embrace that and trust you that you will lead us into your perfect will so we thank you, Lord, that we have found Christ tonight, that we're born again of God's Spirit, that that is our destiny, and we have found that in Christ. Now, Lord, lead us every day of our lives. Thank you, Lord, that our paths are being made straight because, Lord, you're leading us. You're ahead of us. You're ready in our tomorrow before we even wake up. You're ready in Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday of this week. You're ready there because you live in eternity not time. And so we thank you, Lord, as we walk into this week. You will be with us every single step of the way. Lord, you will not fail us. You will not leave us. You will not forsake us. But you'll be with us even unto the end. So we give you thanks for this in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We produce a variety of sermon videos and inspiring Christian content. Available for free on our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and search Moira Pentecostal or visit our website for more information www.mpc.org.uk